0: Welcome to Cigar City Radio episode number one. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and making the magic happen is Jason Solanez. How's it going? Before we begin, I want to give a sincere thanks to everybody for listening. We spent a long time planning and working on this show, and we really appreciate you giving it a chance. Our goal is to introduce listeners to great new music while also giving underground and independent artists a platform to share the stories behind that music. Our guest on the first episode is Jeremy Greenspan from electronic pop duo Junior Boys. We talk about touring the U.S., life in his hometown of Hamilton, Canada, his multiple 2016 releases, making music in a much smaller city, and a number of other topics. If you enjoy this episode, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button. Follow us at Cigar City MGMT on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We have a lot more episodes coming down the pipeline, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. So here it is, episode one. you were going to be in a hurricane in Tampa, Florida in October. I thought, yeah, I felt that was going to happen the whole time and
1: we've planned it this way. Uh-huh. I was I've been looking at weather systems for a couple of months just to figure out, to make sure that we could the idea was that <clears throat> I wanted to make sure that uh, if there was a low turnout at any of the shows in
0: Florida, right. that I could blame it on a hurricane. It's a great excuse, man. <laughs> yeah. It really is. But I don't think you're going to have a low turnout tonight. Uh, you're playing tonight at the Crow Bar, correct? Um, which should be a pretty great show. I mean, you've been here a few times, sure. Right? Other like, than the fact that there is a hurricane. Well, you know. <laughs> but see, the thing is, we party when there's a hurricane. Sure, like, okay. You know, kind of like it's it's sort of like a having a snow day, you know. But yeah. it's there's a much more imminent threat of damage and destruction, I guess.
1: Gotcha. We have you that know. kinda like that in Canada when there's yeah. like bear attacks. Like sometimes roving <laughs> okay. roving groups of bears will come into the city and then everybody just kinda locks down and so, has so a party You just you can just tell. You, know? <laughs> you just <laughs> know. So yeah. that's Canadian yeah. sense. That's yeah. that yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We that's just cool. we just you know, that's get right together right. and
0: yeah, I, I know nothing about Hamilton, Canada. I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, I know, like I know something about Toronto, I guess. You sure. Know, I know, but I, I couldn't, if you told me to find Hamilton on the map, I don't think I could. I know it's.
1: It's, it's pretty damn close to Toronto. And
0: that's what I was thinking because it's that yeah. Ontario yeah. Uh, area. Yeah. So is it was that like a, what, a province? I don't
1: Ontario know. is a province. Okay, that all right. <laughs> Just yeah. Making
0: sure I got the terminology right. Just like Florida's
1: a state. Exactly. <laughs> Ontario exactly. is a province, correct. So
0: yeah, I, all I know about Hamilton is for whatever reason, I've always known that Neil Peart is from Hamilton.
1: The drummer from Rush. The drummer Rush. from
0: Rush, yeah. I didn't... I, I, that's, that's, I actually didn't know that he that, was from Hamilton. That's what I know. That's okay. all I know about Hamilton. And and there's, I think, a CFL team. There's Did a CFL have? team
1: from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of famous comedians from Hamilton. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, what, what do you think that's about?
1: I don't know. You know, like... I mean, all the famous people from Hamilton that you would know would all be comedians, probably, other than that drummer for Rush. Other than Neil Peart, <laughs> yeah. the
0: drummer and lyricist from Rush. Yeah,
1: so yeah. like, uh, you know... Martin Short and Eugene Levy. Okay.
0: And, yeah. And Dave, like basically all of TV. those guys were all from Hamilton. And um, I know that Canada has like its own genre of comedy, almost like there's a, a us, uh, yeah, Trailer Park yeah. Boys. There's a lot of great comedians that come from there, but they're all those it, guys are all from Halifax. Okay. Yeah. Is it is it something about just like the being canadian that it's com- the, the the cold and the, that just makes you want to i mean it's just eat. a funny thing it's, <laughs> it's being, just a hilarious being, being thing. from canada is just a funny thing I, <laughs> I actually always i wanted to be canadian when i was growing up this is an odd thing to say i guess but i yeah. wanted to be canadian because all my favorite wrestlers were from canada interesting uh, chris, yeah chris jericho was my favorite wrestler was, okay so on. there used to be a wrestler yeah. from
1: hamilton whose name was iron mike sharp Okay. No, one no, he was like one of those guys who, you know, <clears throat> I'm probably older than you, but when you when you were watching <laughs> wrestling yeah. in the 80s, you know, it would be like Macho Man versus, and then, you know, on TV there'd be like Macho Man versus some nobody. Right. Well, one of those yeah. nobodies <laughs> was Iron Mike Sharp. That's and a remember, noble
0: thing, though. Yeah, you know, I remember going, going to lose.
1: watch wrestling at the hockey arena in Hamilton, and, and so Iron, Mike Iron Mike Sharp fought, like... Macho Man or something. Yeah. And but I think would he won. lose? No, I think he won in I, Hamilton, I would hope which, is so, ab- right? which is absurd, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> but it would make sense in the fact that wrestling isn't real, right. so they can just make up whatever they want. Yeah, and- <laughs> you can't have somebody lose in front of their hometown Full crowd. Full disclaimer, folks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah we're breaking, breaking <laughs> new ground here. Wrestling yeah. is actually not real. But uh, there was, so. I remember
1: there was, like, um, Quebecois muscle man. I can't remember, I can't remember his name. Like Dino Valenti or something <laughs> like. That.
0: There was a bunch of Canadian
1: guy and Bret yeah. Hart
0: and all those. Canadian yeah, yeah. Guys. the Hart Dungeon was there. A yeah. lot of like wrestlers were there. A lot of wrestlers here in Florida too. I mean, we, we don't have to talk about wrestling the whole time, but you know. Yeah, uh, I've, I've, <laughs> but I've, exa- I've exhausted most of my material. <laughs> yeah, but there are a lot of wrestlers from Florida for whatever reason. I bet. So I think, alligators. Uh, yeah, alligators, and something about the heat makes people a little crazy and makes sure. you want to just rip your shirt off and, sure. and fight. I'm feeling so it. I'm sure. I'm definitely <laughs> feeling it. Yeah. Um, that's that's one thing that's interesting about Florida is uh, we don't really have seasons, you know. So right, it's just hot and then it's hotter and, and yeah. continually hotter. Yeah, it, so yeah, and then hurricanes and then, but
1: it's like yeah, it's like a hillbilly it,
0: California. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um. But you've but you've come here a few times, so I wanted to talk to you about that. Lots it's like, of times, I've, yeah. And is it just you just want this you this humidity and heat? You know, you just want to feel it, or do you just love the crowds here? You're like, what's you just, what, I get asked, you, asked to, you to get play asked to
1: oh. and then they offer me money and I come. And That's go. how it works, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great though. That's great. Um, but no, in seriousness, <clears throat> we we did a tour in the spring mm-hmm. where we played, you know, the places in America that one would expect to play. We yeah. played in New York and, and and Los Angeles, all those all the big cities. Yeah. And then it came time uh that we had a couple of offers to play a few shows in um, America that that made sense in the fall. Sure. And so instead of just playing those few shows that made sense, we decided to play a bunch of shows that also didn't make sense. You know, <laughs> just, so just we played scared. in a bunch of a bunch of places in America that we'd never been to before, like in Montana and a bunch in like Indiana and yeah. Kentucky and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah like yes. just places we'd never been to, and and you know, for smaller audiences and stuff like that. And it's been kind of fun, but. A big part of it was we knew we were going to eventually come down to Florida because we, we didn't play Florida in the spring. Sure. And so we've almost always played Florida whenever we toured in the States. Especially in Tampa, Orlando, and Miami.
0: We yeah. always and you're going to Miami, life. or you're going to Orlando next, right?
1: No, that show's been canceled because of I was going to ask you yeah. that. Yeah.
0: They, did, they, did that get figured out today? Or uh,
1: just yesterday, late yesterday, they, yeah. the promoter decided that they were going to cancel it. Oh, man, that's rough.
0: Yeah, it kind of so sucks. You guys you guys are just going to be hanging out here for an extra day, or we're are you just going to just, gonna, we're just gonna go straight through to Miami? I'm th- Not exactly sure. I mean, it depends on...
1: The weather, but there's a good chance that we're gonna be in Tampa for an extra day. Uh,
0: So the new record is Big Black Coat. Yeah. Um, You also got the EP out, Kiss Me All Night. Yeah. But you took, like, you took some time off, and then now this year you just decided to just drop everything. That's what it seems like.
1: Kinda, yeah. And
0: is was it just time? It was just time to put everything out. It was just
1: timing in a way because, like, basically what happened was we put an album out like five years ago. Yeah. And in between those five years, I worked on a whole bunch of other material.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was Some, like the,
1: the Jesse lands Exactly. The I did this and, record and with Caribou Jesse. Caribou too? I did a little bit of work with Caribou, but okay. I did a lot of work with Jesse. Yeah. The, the album that Jesse and I did together came mm-hmm. out about three years yeah. ago. And then we started doing work on another album together, which came out this year. Right. And all that same time, I was working on Junior Boy stuff, but... What actually happened was I basically did with Matt a whole bunch of Junior Boys material, mm-hmm. which we kind of decided sucked. Oh. And so we didn't release it. Hey, And so I was more invested in working on the Jesse material. And then that came out and it was kind of... Uh, uh, well, it was a success in the sense that it was well-received, and uh, and and it gave me some new legs and stuff. I started working on new Junior Boys material, like, anew. Like, I threw out all the stuff I was working on.
0: So it really sucked that bad, is what you're telling me. It yeah. wasn't good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. I mean, it was sort of like... I don't know if it sucked that bad, but it was just like it was uninspiring. So yeah. I didn't really want to put it out.
0: As a listener, I appreciate that. Because sure. I think a lot of times, especially when you're kind of in these label situations, we, there's this pressure to put records well, out. Well, that was the nice know.
1: thing. The thing was is that at the end of our last album, we mm. had uh, finished our obligation to our label. Okay. So we were... So you you know, it was team. like being a free agent. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we you basically were a free agent. We weren't signed to any label. So instead of signing to a label right away... Mm we decided to make an album first. So the idea was we'd make an album, and when we're happy with the album, then we'll go shop that album to whichever labels. Yeah, so
0: obviously the first cut just wasn't up to the standards that you...
1: you it's just, yeah, it was just, I was just working on material, kind of just going on inertia, mm-hmm. and I was like more excited about the stuff I was doing with Jesse. Yeah. So you don't wanna put out something that you're not excited about. Right. So once I finished that album with Jesse, I was really excited about working on new material. And I took all the kind of attitudes and influences of working with her into the new Junior Boys, and then I got really excited about it. Yeah. And And for people who, like, know our material pretty well, I think they'll probably notice that the album sounds a little bit different than some of our albums have in the past and maybe might even notice that it's influenced a bit by the by the Jesse material.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like you were, you know, revitalized in a way. Like, yeah. it's different, but it carries on sort of what you started with. You know, yeah, I mean, records. I don't, I don't, I don't, I haven't changed that much yeah like exactly <laughs> yeah. like a country record or right right <laughs> uh but that's that's great and and you know one of the things that we were talking about that earlier one of the things i really appreciate about your music is i'm not big into electronic music and with junior boys it's like you always put the song first you wrote a song um it just happened to sort of have like elec- you know obviously electronics whereas i feel like a lot of other electronic artists just sort of like let's just throw all these cool sounds together and just whatever you know it usually starts with the like cool sound part, sure,
1: and then turn it into a song but I have a, a like a a love of songwriting mm-hmm. and some aptitude for it that I've always had yeah. you know ever since I was a kid, liked really classic songwriting, you yeah, know? and so that's a big part of my musical mind or whatever
0: yeah and and I mean that comes across in your music and I mean obviously the sound is great, but you know, I feel like to have a sustainable career, you know, like you guys have had, um, that without the songs. I mean, what are people going to come back to?
1: Yeah, I think that's a a common thing. To lots of people who like the material, you know. Um, but my worry sometimes is that I get into a rabbit hole with the songwriting stuff, and so a lot of the new material I tried to write really fast, you know, yeah, just to make sure that everything sounded kind of spontaneous. Yeah. and how do you create
0: like a sense of spontaneity on?
1: That, that's easy. All you got to do is uh, just press play on a bunch of <laughs> on a bunch of synthesizers and machines, and press record, <laughs> and, just and just you'll just find that down. things happen pretty spontaneously. So, <laughs> I imagine
0: that you're making music in like a bunker with just tons of synthesizers. That's pretty. That's is that pretty close? Pretty, <laughs> pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, I have a studio
1: in Hamilton, and it's a, a fairly small room. Mm-hmm and it has uh, yeah a huge amount of synthesizers and
0: and the, a lot of cool stuff i'm sure yeah it's a really
1: fun it's a fun for me for me making music is kind of like is a little bit like playing a game or something like that it's you know, you're there with a bunch of technology that you've invested in, that you've somewhat learned how to control or master, but not really. Yeah, it, and, it still beats you from time and, to yeah, time. And there's <laughs> wires and things, and you press go, and things happen, and you just kind of are twiddling. You know, like that's basically what the musical process for, is for me. It's not that different
0: than like, yeah, than playing a video game. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. And and you've stayed in. Hamilton, though, like, right. you know, a lot of people I feel like in your position might move to L.A. or New York or I, I struggled for a long time with the notion of moving to Tampa. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I was just, you'd be the first person to say that. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it's just it's where I'm from. It's where I'm comfortable. It's like I like uh, other cities a lot. In fact, Los Angeles, I like a, a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just one of those people who just needs to live in a place where they feel they belong, you know? Yeah. And that's just how I am. But Matt, the other guy in the band, he, he's lived in Germany for almost a decade. Oh, wow. So he comes back and forth and works.
0: And then do you guys work together on, yeah. on the stuff? You, you don't ship back and forth Dropbox files? Not or... a lot. We actually... have done that before, um, but it's not such a fun
1: process. Yeah, I feel like so it... if it's not fun, that was kind of the thing that, you know, with... The, with to be honest, the stuff with the old material was a lot that we I wasn't liking was a little bit too much of that, mm. and so it sucks the fun out of it. Yeah, and so if it's not fun, it's not worth doing.
0: Yeah, and I guess that ruins, like you're saying, the spontaneity because you exactly, know if you're yeah. like having to write back to something that Matt sent or whatever, yeah, you know. exactly. yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. And then rough. there's a bit of weird pressure with it because it's like. Part of making music is you have to be able to throw out the material you don't like. For sure. So if somebody sent you something, you kind of feel this obligation to be like, oh man, he went through the trouble of fucking, you know, like we transferring this, you know? Like that probably (laughs) probably like took four hours, you know what I mean? Right, especially on that German internet. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's just like it just makes it so that you're like much more precious about the thing in a way that you don't want to be. And then it's just another thing, it's just remote communication is terrible. Yeah. Like everybody, I'm sure, has had some email text conversation with their girlfriend blow up in their face because, yeah. like, Cause you <laughs> because you didn't understand the you context know, or, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I was actually going to ask you about, um, about Jesse and how sure. you guys met because I know she's from Hamilton, also. She right?
1: is from Hamilton, yeah. We've known each other for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I knew her cousin for a really long time, but I really met her through Matt's sister. Okay. So, Matt, the other guy in the junior boys, his sister, Amy is Jessie's best friend. And so I've known her for a really long time. And uh, at a certain point, I knew that she was a music student. She went to uh, to Concordia University in Montreal. And she was in Hamilton and I needed somebody to do some backing vocals and to play some keyboard parts and so I just asked her. We got to talking and one of the things that we were talked a lot about was the fact that she, uh, her late father, had a whole bunch of electronic music equipment. He was a musician himself. Sweet. And he like had all this equipment, and uh, she inherited it all, and she was interested in using it and learning it and stuff like that. And so, uh, we became like sort of musical partners by virtue of learning this, this stuff, just and messing around with that equipment. Exactly, yeah. and we found that we were like really uh, copacetic as as writers and stuff like that. And yeah. We started writing, and the first stuff we started writing actually wasn't so good either. Um, but we kind of found a groove with it. And uh, I was, it was really at a time in my
0: life when I was really needed some non junior boys. Yeah, needed some different. Yeah. Yeah. And how long did you guys work on that record,
1: the first the one? The first one we worked on for a couple of years because it was like going back and forth and trying different things. We threw out a lot of material. And uh, we worked on it for a few years and we had enough material to sort of give a demo. Uh, to labels, and we mm. sent some to labels, and nobody was very interested. But on a weird uh, on a weird trip, I went to Spain, and I was with an old friend of mine, Steve, who I used to live with when I was in England, Yeah, and he runs this label Hyperdub. And I just happened to play it for him, uh, not thinking he would be that interested in signing it, because I didn't think it was really his thing. Um, but he was really enthusiastic and wanted to sign it. And so immediately I was like, well, "Okay, well, we better finish this record. Yeah, you better make some music, <laughs> yeah. then." Huh? And so the finishing of the record it was yeah. was very fast. Right, and then it just kind of grew. It grew there. and it did well, and then we started working on a second record mm-hmm. after I finished Big Black Coat. Yeah, or oh, actually around the same time as I was finishing it, we was kind of was kind of working on two albums at the same time. So yeah. this year. Uh, I put out Big Black Coat and then Oh No, which is the second record by Jesse.
0: And then later, Kiss Me, Me All Night. And then Kiss Me All Night.
1: And I actually threw, put out an EP as well, uh, or a 12-inch on, um, just under my own name with Boris, the guy who's playing tonight.
0: Oh, okay, right as on. Well.
1: That was on. Uh, that I haven't
0: heard yet, so I'll have to get that. That's
1: out. on Caribou's label, Jiao okay. Long. Right on. And, and you said you worked a little bit with Caribou. Was- I have over the years, yeah. We're, we're old friends. He's also from Hamilton. And so, yeah, I've worked with him over the years, but in a very kind of hands-off, kind of friendly way. I mixed a couple songs for him, and we wrote uh, one or two songs together for his records, and he, uh, he
0: played on some of my records and stuff like that. So Kiss Me All Night is actually probably one of my favorite pieces of music that you guys have done. I really love the EP format. I yeah, don't know. So I, f- do I. I feel like it fell out of favor for a while. Back in the day it was like you you went into, you know, Sam Goody or a CD store or whatever yeah. and like you looked at the tracks and were like, "Oh, well, this has four songs and this has 12 songs." Yeah. So I'm going to buy the one with 12 songs. Yeah. But now it's like you're on Spotify and everything's the same. Yeah. So I don't know, for some reason now like maybe it's cuz I'm busier and I have less time to digest an album, but I love the EP format. I really like know.
1: it too. I mean, it, the thing that's a little unfortunate about it is that it kind of just like, because there's so much music that comes out, it kind of falls between the cracks, you know? Yeah. You can, you know, you have publicists and stuff like this who put all this energy into albums, you know, and then you put out an EP and it's kind of, uh, you know, no one knows it's happening, but- Yeah, it doesn't as a have matter, the same kind of machine that an album Sometimes, does. although one of my, good friends uh, through Dan through Caribou is um, Kieran Hebden who goes under the name Fortet Mm. and he's had a tremendous amount of success with EPs for me I really think going forward um, singles and EPs is really what I'm going to be focusing on with Junior Voice for a while
0: and that makes sense like as with the way the music industry is is moving now you you don't have to get all worked up
1: about an album an album is a whole bunch of pressure that is kind of uh is is actually kind of harmful in the in sustaining an interest in making music all the time yeah because you just build this whole thing up then you have to wait for months to get it out and then you put it out and then you have to try and sell the damn thing forever and ever and it's just like (laughs) and then you got to
0: go on this month-long yeah and it's just so
1: long before you can get back to making music
0: again yeah so And is that the part that you that you really love?
1: Is yeah. it the, the making music? I like the, the making music and I, I like doing performances and song, and stuff like that. But uh, I think I would in the future probably prefer to do the tours and stuff in shorter segments, you know, not yeah. like not doing months and months at a time, but doing and when you do EPs and stuff you have more flexibility doing that
0: yeah and you can also sort of control your output a little better you know because yeah. if you want to just put out a couple tracks you can do that you exactly know? Yeah. you don't have to build up because I, I feel like a lot of times too with albums is you know you have a 12 14 song album and you know eight of the songs are really good and the rest are you know you're just trying to meet that quota not you specifically I'm well, saying no, you just, know it's the it's same album. you just want people down. to listen to yeah. the stuff because
1: ultimately nobody buys the records and nobody buys the EPs nobody buys music anyway right <laughs> you know what right I mean? so So who cares, really? They'll
0: they'll just add it to their playlist. Exactly. And and so what do you think about streaming in general? I mean, clearly that's where the industry is heading. Is that a good thing? No, it's a terrible thing in the sense that, like, (laughs) I mean, it would be a great thing if they paid. Right.
1: But they don't. So it's a terrible thing, you know? Like, it's like... There was a little bit of time there where it just it looked for a second like buying digital records was actually going to be a thing for a yeah. little bit, and, and then
0: streaming happened. And that was around the time where you know your first couple of records were coming out. I yeah, feel like. I mean, that was like the height of like the iTunes revolution. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly.
1: I mean, it sucks and it doesn't. It's like I mean, yeah. it, it's. I mean, it's hard for me to complain in the sense that like, uh, you know, I I get to make music. Yeah. Uh, but I certainly don't make a lot of money doing it, and. Um, I'd like to make more money. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, and so I don't want to be like, yeah, streaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And
0: that's the thing that sucks is from the industry side, it's like, yeah, streaming is, isn't is great, you know? Yeah. But as a consumer and as a listener, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like, well, the uh, thing you know? is, like,
1: I don't Yeah, I don't really like to make people feel like they're like Nazis for streaming. Yeah, of course. But, it, you know, the other thing that kind of sucks a little bit about streaming is just the format is kind of crap. I mean, some of them sound better. You know, what I really don't love is like people putting up the music on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like there's certain yeah. things that I, when it becomes out of my control, I don't like it. I don't like live videos of us that sound like we're in a toilet. They're uh, yeah. <laughs> like streaming on YouTube. That kind right. of thing
0: I don't love. Um, just because, you know, I like to be in control of. Yeah, well, my you put so material. much time exactly, and yeah. energy into how something sounds, you know, yeah. for somebody to. Yeah, just rip the audio and whatever. But, you know,
1: people yeah. who are, like, joining Spotify or all those kinds of things, there's
0: nothing wrong with that. I just wish Spotify paid a little bit better. Yeah, I think everybody does, yeah. right? <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, I, I think the issue is not that they're not paying, you know, because I think they are paying. It's sure. that the money's not going to the artists and the songwriters themselves, you know? I feel like a lot of it goes other places. I'm not sure how it works, to be honest, technically. I mean, in the sense that, um, you know,
1: I, I basically have companies that collect uh, various royalties for me and, sure. and, and and that's how it works but I definitely know that I'm
0: broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. So how do you fix that going forward? What's the plan? What's, well, what's next for junior boys? <laughs> well,
1: it's not so bad for me because I um, I do other things, you know. Right. And I live in a pretty cheap city. Hey, which well, is why you didn't move to LA, Exactly. Right? So that's, <laughs> that actually helps a lot. I, so that's, yeah. I feel for people who feel like they have to move to New York City or something in order to make it a music. And in fact, we probably could have been a more successful band had I moved to New York City and tried to... Grease Elbows or whatever you're supposed to do. Yeah, get. I don't know, you but, know. I don't know. I don't know but, if you would Maybe. <laughs> like, I mean, it's possible I wouldn't have. Yeah. But those places
0: are awfully expensive, and so I, I, I couldn't really afford to live there. Yeah, right well, I, I think there's a little bit of a catch-22 with that, You know, because I, I hear that from a lot of bands, that they want to move to New York or L.A. or whatever, because that's where the action is, and that's where everybody is. But yeah. at least for me, it's cooler to hear about a band you know, that's like from Hamilton, yeah. Ontario, Canada, and hear the kinds of emotions and sounds that come out of a city that I've I don't know about. I've always felt that the same you know? way. I've always,
1: I've always been very, um, what's the word? I've always been like very drawn or, um, I always love music that comes from places that seem unlikely or totally. from places that are, you know, for a good example, Suddenly, I heard there was an exciting electronic music scene in Tampa, Florida. I would find that more exciting yeah. than to find out that there uh, is an exciting music scene in London, England. Do you know what I right, mean? Right. Yeah. Because like you expect it, it exactly. to be cool
0: in London because it's London. Yeah. But yeah.
1: And usually, what happens in in cities that are kind of I don't know what you want to call them secondary markets, secondary cities, yeah. whatever those kind of cities. Usually, those cities are not as they're not as obsessed with being. Um, uh, in the sort of zeitgeist, you know, like being like of the moment, you know, the those kind of cities explore. uh, You know, there's no. It's not a an accident that electronic music happened in Detroit, um, which had this kind of weird isolation of um, kind of suburban black kids who listened to an extremely wide variety of music. Um, which was, you know, a lot of black urban music, but a lot of weird European new wave music and stuff like that. And yeah. it created something unique. And so that yeah. can only happen kind of in, in secondary cities often. Yeah, I think so. Or in depressive cities or in cities <laughs> that are kind of sure. insular. Those kind of things were just localized in places. And and so, I mean, Hamilton doesn't really have that, but certainly there's, there's something about these Rust Belt cities like... Yeah. Uh, like Detroit and Cleveland and uh, Buffalo and Hamilton and all that. Sure. They share a common heritage and a common history. So I think I identified with Detroit music for that reason.
0: And would you say your sound then is more rooted in kind of a Detroit electronic style?
1: Yeah, but, you know, in many ways it's, a, it's, it's rooted in not only the Detroit sound, but also the, the surrounding areas. A lot of the people that I loved growing up who were part of, quote-unquote, Detroit techno weren't from Detroit. You know, people like um, Richie Houghton, who was a Canadian, guys like Dan Bell and uh, all sorts of people who were from other cities in the kind of within like two hours distance, you know. Right. Um, and even the Detroit techno sound was a very suburban sound. A lot of the guys, you know, like Derek May and those guys, were they were from like the sort of suburbs, you know. Yeah, they weren't... They weren't from, like, inner city. I mean, maybe they I don't know their backgrounds that well. Yeah, I'm going to get into a flame war about Derek May was born. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of angry Twitter comments (laughs) after this. But I I definitely know that that scene was definitely, in lots of ways, uh, a combination of inner city, but also very suburban. Yeah.
0: And speaking of scenes, so you mentioned, you know, Dan from Caribou is from Hamilton, Jesse's from Hamilton. You are, like, is there a budding scene in Hamilton? Is there... I mean, we, it's its
1: a weird thing that all of these electronic musicians um, have done reasonably well in the world from Hamilton in the sense that there's not a huge amount of other music that's yeah. um, from Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton's claim to fame musically is mainly with these kind of proto-punk bands um, that were kind of big in the late 70s and early 80s in Canada as mm. the kind of people who sort of developed punk in, in Canada. Um, but... Other than that, it's a really blue-collar, working-class town, so it's a really kind of rock and roll sort of town. Yeah. And so um, the electronic thing in Hamilton is a strange kind of blip, but it's definitely a real thing.
0: And are there venues there that are supporting Definitely it? not. Not? No. Uh, you, do you have to go to basically Toronto to... Yeah, I mean, it's too. funny, you know, like, we have good friends who are in a band called Orphix
1: who are also from Hamilton, and they play in, like, you know, the, the top sort of techno clubs in Europe every couple of weeks now ah, but there's no way they would play in Hamilton <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. and we don't really play often in Hamilton there's nowhere to play in Hamilton so it's you know so you but just, I like that about
0: it you like that there's that you can just yeah it's not like nobody gives a shit you know? <laughs> it's cool <laughs> there's definitely probably something freeing about that that you don't yeah, have to exactly you know. no one's no one's impressed by me so tell us uh, about the rest of the tour here while we're
1: while we're winding up so yeah. tomorrow has been canceled in Orlando but uh. tonight we're playing Tampa and then on Saturday we're playing at a festival in Miami, unless so long as Miami exists today. <laughs> Which is, is questionable at this, at yeah. this moment in time. So. But yeah, I think it's called the Three Points Festival. Yeah. And then is that the end of the tour? No, then we are off for a couple of days and then we go to Mexico for three shows.
0: Oh that sounds yeah. fun. Are you gonna get into any wild times in Mexico? I assume so. I mean <laughs> we I mean it's gonna be a bit of a whirlwind. We have three shows in three days. So we play in Mexico City, and then I think we go to Monterrey, and then we go to Guadalajara. And I, I don't know too much about Mexican geography, but I'm assuming those aren't close to <laughs> no, one we gotta another. No, we've got to fly. I mean, Mexico
1: City and Monterrey aren't so far, but yeah. I think we're going to have to fly each day, I think. Oh, that's going to be rough. It's not going to be the funnest thing, but yeah. it's kind of exciting for us to go back to Monterrey, just because we haven't been there. I haven't been there in a really long time. We played yeah. there once a long time ago, and it became a rather kind of like notoriously dangerous city. Um, but I remember it being really beautiful. So that's kind of fun. And Guadalajara is great. In Mexico, Mexico City, this will be our, like, I don't know, fourth time playing Mexico City or something that's like awesome.
0: that. That's awesome. And then are you, are you going to Europe after that? Or? Yeah, so
1: then we'll go home for a couple of weeks, and then we uh, do about a week and a half of European shows uh, playing in Lisbon and Poland. And, and then we have one sort of final show in London uh, for the year we've then, played london a couple of times this year so we'll do one more in london
0: nice so that'll that'll close out quite a busy yeah. 2016 for Absolutely, junior boys yeah. as you mentioned you got you know the, the album big black coat yeah. the ep the yeah. what the work you did with Jessie Jesse Jesse's came out, album, yeah, and a uh, twelve inch called uh, "Boat Weight there's more Oh right yeah. well, <laughs> very fitting title, yeah, given thanks. how much you put out this year, the output's been strong, so should we expect another four releases from you next year, or I
1: think it's probably pretty likely I'll put something out in two thousand and seventeen, but I'm not sure what yet
0: you're just still feeling that out, and I do, got, do you I write got nothing else to do, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And Spotify's got to give you more exactly, money, yeah. so you know the, that, that's true. Bills. The, exactly, the more tracks you got on there, the more streams. I mean, it's true in a way. Like being broke does keep you motivated. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure it will. So, well, hopefully, you won't be broke okay. for too long. Good. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was Jeremy Greenspan from Junior Boys hanging out here in Ybor City. Uh, thanks for coming by, man. Keep coming to Tampa, and Thank you, you know, it's been fun. Thank you.